On today's Locked On Kings podcast, Sean Cunningham from ABC10, longtime Sacramento Kings reporter, joins me to share his thoughts on the Kings preseason to this point. We talk about starting lineups and which pieces he expects to stay in the starting lineup, talks about the importance of Marvin Bagley to the success of this team, how Tyrese Halliburton has fared, De'Aaron Fox, how his body looks significantly different, how that's resulting in better opportunities for him, the play of Davion Mitchell. There's so much to talk about on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Kings media member, Sacramento Sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacktown now with ABC 10 television my first season with ABC 10 uh, but I've been connected with ABC 10 for a while and have had friends with ABC 10 uh, for a while especially my guest today Sean Cunningham who you've heard on Locked on Kings many many times uh, Sean and I are um, both very different uh, in terms of how we approach covering the Sacramento Kings, but we work well bouncing off of each other. And Sean always provides excellent context. And Sean is someone uh, who is very well plugged in with the organization, uh, provides probably the best video content of the Sacramento Kings that you're going to get everywhere else, maybe even better than the own video content that the Sacramento Kings provide. No disrespect to their uh, digital department there with the Kings organization. They do a phenomenal job, but Sean Cunningham is just that much better. Uh, and so anytime we can have him on the Locked On Kings podcast to, to hear what he has to say about this Kings team, uh, it's, it's always a treat. So my uh, conversation with Sean is going to dominate today, like I said in the introduction. We're talking about a wide variety of topics. I think you're going to be especially interested in what he had to say about uh, De'Aaron Fox's comments on Davion Mitchell being one of the best defenders already and a top five on-ball defender in the NBA before even playing a regular season game. Uh, Sean's going to talk about the importance and significance of Marvin Bagley and Sean has followed Marvin uh, for many years even before the Sacramento Kings with his time at Duke and, and coming out of high school. Um, so Sean knows what Marvin can provide for this Kings team plus some interesting stuff on lineups and, and, and a whole lot more. I'm going to get it out of the way. It's time for my conversation with my friend and colleague from ABC 10, it's Sean Cunningham. Well, after how these first two preseason games went for the Sacramento Kings, I bet they wish that they counted 2-0 and against two uh, significant teams in the Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Clippers. Never mind the context that neither team has been playing at full strength and Paul George and the Clippers starters only played one half of basketball in the Kings' most recent preseason win in the Staples Center. But even though the games don't count, there still is a lot of positive to take away from what we've been seeing out of this Kings team. And here to talk about some of those positives, also point out the things that this team needs to work on is a guy who has been around the Sacramento Kings for a long time. My colleague at ABC 10, Sean Cunningham, back with me here on Locked on Kings. Sean currently in the car on his way down to San Francisco, getting ready to cover some uh, San Francisco Giants playoffs. Hey, buddy, what's it like to cover the playoffs, huh? 
yeah, at least we get the that's the, I, all those years of covering bad basketball. You get rewarded with uh, these assignments where you can cover teams of other sports and even the Warriors for that matter in the playoffs. So yeah, it's it's a little bit refreshing, and I think it helps the mental health after seeing someone so much bad basketball over the years. As an A's fan, I wouldn't know, but we're going to move on from that quickly because <laughs> oh, that's not fair. You've been in the playoffs. You've had great moments in the playoffs. It just hasn't culminated to a championship yet that's all so it's been meaningless is what you're saying absolutely you're right being an ace fan is meaningless but the kings are hoping to give their fan base uh meaning and and what we've been seeing really sean in these first two preseason games i think the biggest takeaway for me is i talked about this a little bit on my most recent podcast is the kings are doing what they're supposed to be doing or at least what we believe their strengths are what we believe they've been trying to work on and correct it looks like they are working on and uh, in some case correcting now like i said a little bit in the intro preseason is preseason it's not a full indication of what's going to happen actually in the regular season and over this playoff drought we have seen the kings have success in the preseason before only to fall flat when the regular season actually starts uh, but overall you're looking at these two games take away the final scores take away the 2-0 and record, and there's a, a, a lot in my mind to be positive with the Sacramento Kings group. Would you uh, Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I think stands out the most is you only have four preseason games this year, which is a lot less than, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but it's, it's less than what you were used to in years previous where, you know, you've got sometimes six playoff, uh, preseason games. So I think the magnitude, particularly for a team uh, that has so many new pieces, um, even if they're pieces that you're once familiar with, you know, guys that were acquired at midseason last year, like the Mo Harkless and Terrence Davis of the world. And then you got uh, Alex Len rejoining you. And, the, you know, I think you're, you're, you're doing a lot. It's, it's the time for tinkering, but first and foremost, you're staying healthy and you've come out of training camp relatively healthy, which is so far so good. Now training camp isn't over. You're only a little over a weekend. So uh, there is that caveat, but I think that's probably the biggest thing, Matt, that I've seen. And, and, you know, you want to make sure you're staying healthy. You're wanting to get some run, but you're not wanting to run guys into the ground. You're not trying to, uh, you're just trying to get them guys that, that work and some of the taste and go up against a, a little, a little bit of opposition, but you've, we've seen the likes of Phoenix and the Clippers so far, and neither one of them are really playing important pieces. We I mean, only saw Paul George last night who only played for about, I think it was 14 minutes or so, if that. So, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. And then the Phoenix game, we don't see a Devin Booker or Chris Paul. So, or even Jay Crowder for that matter. So a lot of these seasoned vets longer in the tooth, they get some time to rest. They are, they're clearly not the ones that have to get some burn with some of the new players and, and, and some of the new fixtures into offense and defense and things like that. But, you know, obviously this team was dead last in, in defense last year. It's something that they've made as a primary focus of camp. And I would say through two games, you can clearly see willing enabled defensive plays uh you can kind of see a commitment to that i think davion mitchell that you mentioned a minute ago certainly is helping that tristan thompson as well so um i like that there is some tinkering with the starting rotations going on i kind of like what we've seen so far on the defensive end and yeah so far so good you talked about the Suns not playing Booker and Paul and DeAndre Aiden only played limited minutes of that game. Then the Los Angeles Clippers, they they played their starters and Paul George played like 14, 15 minutes, something like that. Didn't uh, didn't play in the second half. Compared that to the the Sacramento Kings, who their starters haven't played an abundance of minutes, but uh, they're De'Aaron, Tyrese, those guys playing in the mid twenties so far in minutes uh, in the in these first couple of games. Are you okay? 
with the Sacramento Kings playing those guys, playing their starters longer at the risk of, of injury or, or anything else to, to get that group more cohesive and for Luke Walton to do the workshopping that he's been doing with those rotations. Are you okay with that? Or are you a little concerned about maybe how many minutes those main pieces are playing? No, I'm okay with it because, you know, I, I look, I don't think we're going to see any, we're not going to see any 30 minute uh, outings for anybody. Clearly I think 20 is kind of where they want to be. I'm okay with it because you have some different members of this coaching staff. You've got, different defensive philosophy coming in that they're, that they're working with. And there's time to learn some of these new, I mean, Luke Walton needs all the help he can get in terms of seeing what he has. He needs to like you, you have depth right now, but is it quality depth? Like how deep can you go? And I think that's some of the things he needs answers to. Uh, and you know, some guys, yeah, you might want to throw on, I, I don't think we need to see the likes of De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes and Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald for, um, long stretches or even all four games, maybe, maybe you rotate a guy out uh, here and there, but yeah, I'm okay with it. Look, this isn't a, uh, <laughs> the, this team strives to be where the Clippers and the Suns are in terms of uh, postseason and playoff uh, production. So um, in order to get there, you got to you have to build and, and begin somewhere. And that's going to be with the preseason. Locked on Kings is brought to you by Sweatblock, the antiperspirant wipes that work better than anything else on the market. They're doctor created, doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use and they provide you a dry shirt guarantee. Meaning if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. No questions asked. Sweatblock has been featured on the Rachel Ray show used by firefighters. It can handle their heat. It certainly can handle ours. Even if it's cooling down now here in Sacramento, we finally had some fall weather, a nice breeze. Still, uh, you can get hot, you can get sweaty, and sweat block can protect you all year long. Uh, it doesn't just have to be during the summertime. They've been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. They have over 13,000 reviews for you to go and read and check out. Don't just take my word for it. They're currently number one in Amazon's antiperspirant category, manufactured in the USA. Super easy to get. Uh, like I mentioned, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at your local CVS pharmacy. I recommend getting it at sweatblock.com, or you can use promo code Locked On, all one word, and you'll get 20% off your order. I use sweat block. My wife used sweat block. It helps save us the embarrassment of those, uh, those sweat stains and just ultimately keeps us dry and more comfortable. I'm bet sweat block will do the same for you. Give it a trot. The Kings have a few days off here before their third preseason game. So it's right back to the training camp grind. And Sean, I haven't heard anybody really from the Kings. I haven't heard Luke Walton, the players using it as an excuse, although um, Kings fans and others outside of Sacramento might interpret it as an excuse. But this is in Luke Walton's tenure here in Sacramento. This is his first full training camp that he's had. Two seasons ago, uh, the the training camp was cut uh, short with the team going to India to play the Pacers for a couple of games. Uh, And then last season, the training camp being shortened just because of the COVID shortened season. How big of a difference do you think it makes for this team in preparation for the playoffs and in what we've been seeing so far in these two preseason games to not only have the training camp that they've had so far, but also Harrison Barnes talked about after uh, the the first preseason game, uh, the amount of time that the team was able to spend together playing pickup games and working together in the practice facility the week before training camp began. Having that time, how much of a benefit you think that's been and how how uh, impactful has that been uh, for the Kings to this point? Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps chemistry and bonding. And even when you're not practicing against each other, you're, you're doing things off the court together. You're spending time and learning. I mean, there's all these guys have their own tendencies 
And when you're a rookie like Davion Mitchell coming into the league where everything's such a new uh, experience for you, uh, it, it definitely helps build that camaraderie. And, you know, just to point out, like, yeah, they had, you know, they had those truncated training camps, like you mentioned, the India trip got in the way. But the one constant has been these, the month and leading up to camp where you almost have the entire team uh, on hand for whether it be in Southern California or in Sacramento, where they got to get a jump on training camp. Now, the difference is there's a very hands-off approach from, well, there has to be from, from the NBA coaching staffs. Like you can't really uh, control too much of the workouts. You can have some of your staff present to help facilitate workouts, but you can't really, you know, you can't really make it look like training camp so much. So, um, things change dramatically once, once training camp begins and opens with, when, when the team has its full, uh, attention to you and, and can control your day to day. Uh, you, you also have seen the cut down of two a days, which doesn't really, you're only limited to about six, I believe throughout an entire training camp where you can't just do two a days all the time. And for people who don't know what that is, that's obviously two training camp sessions per day. So the wear and tear on these guys, it, it's a, it's, it's, it's not so much a nice thing to see as much as it is vital to see this team come in, to see any team really come in a month before training camp, get their conditioning right, and get into the, into the mode of training camp so that when training camp officially begins a month or several weeks later, um, they hit the ground running and then they're, they're ready for that type of grind. So, yeah, it's, it's very huge. And, you know, even, even to have a, an extended training camp like this one, especially for some of the changes to Luke Walton staff and some of the things they want to have accomplished. Uh, I think it's, it's, you know, it's more time the merrier, but it's also leads to more opportunity for something to go wrong. So um, it, it can be a blessing and a curse, but coaches will say it's a blessing because they want all the time in the world with their guys. Yeah. And uh, you can't play scared either of injury or you're, you're bound to either not reach your full potential or right. just end up injured anyway. Um, so De'Aaron Fox in his first preseason game, he struggles offensively against the Phoenix Suns, scores, I believe, only six points. The good news is that doesn't completely drag the team down. Other guys stepped up, which uh, the Kings are going to need because De'Aaron can't be that 30-plus point-per-game guy every single night, even though he, he's going to try with his own words this season. Um, but then he plays the Los Angeles Clippers, and there's something about playing the Clippers in the Staples Center that De'Aaron just really enjoys. He always seems to play well against the, the Clippers. And last season, Sean, we saw, okay, De'Aaron's developed an offensive game that looks smooth like he can get to the basket he can score uh starting to score on the perimeter the game just looks smooth now he has that offensive smoothness now that's added some bulk and some physicality and some strength to it to where De'Aaron was still smooth last night attacking the basket getting his but also instead of seeing the De'Aaron Fox of a couple of years ago getting hammered in the paint and falling to the floor trying to draw a foul De'Aaron's still trying to draw that foul but he's able to fight through that contact he really looks like he's put on the 10 to 15 pounds of muscle that we always hear uh, during the offseason. What has impressed you the most about what you've seen from uh, De'Aaron so far? And you've seen that body in person. Uh, does it? Does he look that much stronger? No, he definitely looks stronger. Um, he looks stronger. He looks more confident. Not to not to say that De'Aaron has ever, you know, lacked confidence. He's a, he's a very he might be the most confident player on the team uh, next to Buddy Heald. But uh, yeah, he, they have, he definitely looks like he belongs now. He, um, it's funny because, you know, when he cut his hair, uh, we would, we, me and Jason Jones would joke. I mean, Jason even said on a Zoom call where it was like, man, I didn't recognize you. You look like a, you know, 14-year-old or so. I mean, he's, 
still has that kind of baby face to him. Uh, he's growing a little facial hair now, as he pointed out to me on uh, on media day, which was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's the guy's becoming a man. And some of the things that, you know, we started to see last year, certainly we're, we're seeing a little bit more in this, in this first two preseason games. I know it's a small sample size, but you mentioned when he's getting into the paint, he's such a, he's still a very slight guy. Uh, ultimately, he still would like to add more weight to him. But when he's attacking the paint, he used to do so just to try to draw a foul. And a lot of times officials, I mean, you can call this, you know, not right. Uh, you know, you want to officiate it the right way. But oftentimes guys try to draw a foul without trying to score. And that oftentimes won't give you, get you the call that you, that you want. Um, some guys are just better at it. Like Kevin Martin, and, you know, if Kings fans remember like Kevin Martin, could get to the free throw line at will without really hurting his body in the paint and hitting the floor so much. Mm-hmm. James Harden is obviously a wizard at doing that. Um, and, and yeah, there's, we know that there's some extracurricular things that go on that, you know, where you're trying to draw a foul and the eye doesn't necessarily see what actually happened. Um, so there is some acting that goes along the way, but I see Fox getting to the paint, looking to score, which draws the foul. And then he gets the call. Um, clearly there, you know, He's not quite there yet in terms of getting the calls that maybe some of those other vets get. Um, and that just takes some time. But, you know, I, I do I do see a more confident player going into the paint a little bit more. Um, I, I look as free throw shooting to me has always been the, the issue. I didn't really give much. I didn't really pay much attention to him trying to drive the paint because he's so fast that oftentimes he can just get there before anyone else can. Um, that pull up around the free throw line is good as well. I mean, that's a pretty, that's pretty much a patented move for him. Um, clearly you'd like to see that drop a little bit more, uh, than it, than it does, but if he has a move, that's it, but it's the free throw line. It's, it's everything he does at the free throw line. He knows that if this team is going to have success and he's going to have to score, then the free throw line has to be where his bread is buttered. And so far, so good. I think we like the results we've seen from the free throw line, but he's got to be a better than 70% free throw shooter. Um, and, and not be this guy that possibly is more of the low 60s and make really one of every two. So uh, we've seen that progression. He knows he has to get better with that. That's the one thing I'm really paying attention to the most when it comes to him. Sean, I know you heard the praises that De'Aaron Fox threw the way of Davion Mitchell uh, after the the Clipper game. And look, the, the preseason is made for overreaction. It's easy to imagine somebody like me popping a microphone and saying, wow, Davion Mitchell is already a top five on ball defender in the NBA without even playing a regular season game. But when a guy like De'Aaron Fox says it, who is not a bad on ball defender himself, who's been in the league now a while and who typically doesn't over-exaggerate with stuff like this, when he says it, it carries a whole hell of a lot more weight than when someone like me says it. What were your thoughts on that praise uh, that Fox threw Davion's way and the comparison of the things that Davion can do that others can't other than guys like Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart, and Patrick Beverly? Those were the three names that he listed. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because uh, when I heard those comments last night, I, did, I, I laughed to myself, and it's easy to say that for De'Aaron Fox because he's going up against him every day in training camp. We just heard days ago when Tyrese Halliburton was telling us about, oh, I'm tired of seeing Davion's face in my grill every time, you know. Yeah. He's like, it's going to be fun in these preseason games to finally have him on my side again. De'Aaron's in the same boat. So uh, not to say that De'Aaron was 
you know, trying to pick up his teammate. I truly think he believes that. Yeah. I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's right, but uh, yeah, when you go through a whole week and a half, a whole month of going up against Davion Mitchell, who just, you know, is that what everyone calls that, that pit bull, that dog who's just in your face on ball the entire time. You know, it was funny. There was moments last night in the Clipper game where Davion Mitchell picked up Paul George several yep. times on defense. And you're thinking, okay, I've got Paul George who's all a bit of 6'10 and Davion Mitchell who's not. And if you're <laughs> Paul George, you're thinking, I'm just going to shoot right over this guy. Uh, Paul, now granted, it's a preseason game. I'm not taking much out of it. Paul had to work for almost every shot he got. Um, even when he was shooting over, like, you know, his shots weren't great. But like, I think he went like one of 10 of something like that. Like it wasn't a great shooting night for him, but Davion made him work. I mean, the guy had like I think finished with like nine points or something like that. But in the moments where Davion picked him up, this much longer, bigger uh, opponent, I, I thought he held his own. And there was a moment where uh, Paul George drives Davion, takes him all the way into the paint. Davion's pretty much there. Paul pivots back out in the, in the, in the, in the paint and picks up two other defenders. The way the, the Kings rotated towards him was pretty nice. Paul George still scored, but it was probably one of the toughest buckets of the night for him. Locked on Kings is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. That's not just a tagline. It's true. Look, I'm a picky eater. Before Built Bar, I struggled to find any protein bar and really protein-based um, like product that I liked. It's because I would taste more of like the protein powder or, or the, the protein mix than I would the flavor profile of whatever I was eating. That changed with Built Bar. They have amazing flavors like coconut, raspberry. My favorite is mint brownie because when I bite into a mint brownie Built Bar, I feel like I'm just biting into warmer uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's really how it is. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, absolutely delicious, and best of all, healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. You can order a box of these flavors right now on built.com. When you do, make sure you use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And where would the Locked On Kings podcast be without our friends over at betonline.ag? Hey, maybe your wallet is heavier, hopefully not lighter. Maybe it's heavier because of betonline.ag. They have the best odds, the best games, the best place for all of your sports gambling. With football season here, all eyes are on the gridiron, college football, uh, high school football. Well, that's not true. Not high school football, but uh, professional football, NFL. That'd be weird if you could bet on, on high school football, and that's probably illegal. But it's not illegal to bet on the NFL. It's not illegal to bet on the NCAA. Uh, and no site gives you better odds, better fun prop bets than Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use promo code locked on from football to basketball, boxing, golf, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, prop bets, and more. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. 
Luke Walton told us not to read too much into the starting lineups that he's put out there. Now, two very different starting lineups in these first two games. The first starting lineup against Phoenix was maybe the most predictable one and one that a lot of fans are expecting to be the starting five come the regular season with with Fox, Halliburton at the one and two, uh, Harrison Barnes playing the three where he continues to have success scoring the ball. Uh, Then you had Marvin Bagley playing the four and Rashawn Holmes uh, playing the five. The starting lineup in LA, I'd say, is an anomaly starting lineup with uh, Barnes and Mo Harkless out there, Tristan Thompson playing the five along with Fox and Halliburton. So I'm not reading too much into that starting lineup, but between those two starting fives and really focusing on the first starting five uh, against the Phoenix Suns, what did you think about that group? Are you comfortable with that group with Bagley being that starting four? Are you interested in seeing a a look of maybe um, Harrison Barnes playing the four and Buddy Heald playing the three? He hasn't started in either of these games so far. Do you like the idea of Mo Harkless and Harrison Barnes together? Maybe even Tristan Thompson playing the four? What have you thought about those starting groups so far? I honestly haven't thought much of them. Um, the first one, I was—I I think I, the thing that surprised me in both of them is is the fact that he's taking a look at uh, something that I didn't think he would do, which is, and I know people are going to cringe at this because they want to see Tyrese in that starting lineup, but I honestly don't feel like short of them starting Buddy Heald alongside them, possibly at the three, Harrison at the four, and then Rashawn at the five, I don't know that we're going to see Fox and Halliburton start. Now, clearly, I have no problem in doing that. But as we've talked about last year before DeLon Wright came to Sacramento and now now he's playing in Atlanta, th- this team doesn't have playmaking. You know, they, so they put their two playmakers in the starting lineup. And so that means when Buddy Heald comes off the bench, they have Davion Mitchell puts a little bit more pressure on him. Um, granted, you have to leave one of those guys out there at the same time. So, you know, maybe that's when your three guard lineup comes into effect. But Davion's not the distributor that those guys are. He's not the playmaker that those guys are. Um, he's more of a kind of a combo, kind of a scoring guard. So um, I'm a little surprised to have seen the that starting lineup without Buddy in the in the with to see Fox and Halliburton start without the likes of Buddy in there. So that, that's been probably the only intriguing thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I honestly feel like uh, Halliburton is going to be such a crucial player this season. I mean, he looked. Even if he doesn't start, I'm looking at him almost like that. Um, trying to think of an example, but uh, since I'm driving here, I can't. I can't really like like six man where you know it's a Lou Williams type only with more playmaking ability. You like know what I mean? like Clark. a Manu Ginobili maybe or a- yeah. I mean, but but I'm trying to think of a playmaker too that like mm-hmm. you rely on that playmaking ability so much. So no, he shoots. He's Kevin, our coworker, driving. <laughs> he can pipe down now. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but at any rate, to have to, to be able to rely on that playmaking ability. Now, honestly, if you're starting two of them, you keep one of them on the floor at every time. That's great. So you can get by. Uh, I also wanted to see someone. I wanted to see if they had somebody else kind of step up like a point forward situation. Do you see Harrison Barnes uh, handle the ball a little bit more? Do you mm-hmm. see someone like Mo Harkless handle the ball a little bit more? Obviously, we know Terrence Davis shouldn't do that. So um, that kind of leads itself to some possibilities that I'm, that I'm definitely interested in. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then when it comes to the bigs, you know, obviously Harrison Barnes might be the only one that you can really lock in there and be that true uh, starting, starting forward position. So uh, with Rashawn Holmes, so, and I'm fine with Bagley starting, uh, um, but then obviously you're not starting the three guard lineup usually. So, uh, cause I think 
because you have Harrison Barnes there, uh, that's either you're starting two, uh, excuse me, you're starting three or four. So um, I haven't looked too much into it. I know he's tinkering. I know he wants to see a lot of rotations. And I think this is going to trickle into the season as well. I honestly feel that whoever you see on opening night won't be the set, may not even be the, the, the starting five that we see the most of the way this season. Mm-hmm. And it's not just starting five, too. I don't know if we're going to see really a set rotation at any point this season. I think it's going to fluctuate a lot based off the depth this team has based off of matchups, which I'd love to have a conversation uh, with you about that on another day. But for now, I want to wrap up with this, Sean. I've the, my biggest wish list, there's been a, a lot of little things that I've wanted to see uh, from the Kings so far this preseason. And still some things that I haven't seen yet that I want to see more of, but uh, my biggest wish list was consistency. I wanted to see if the the way the Kings played in, in that game one in Phoenix, especially defensively with that energy that they played with, if they were going to be able to carry that into the Clippers game. Well, they've done that. Now over these final two preseason games with some days off in between, are they going to be able to carry that throughout these four games to where we can bank on that kind of effort, hopefully on a semi, if not nightly basis, when the actual regular season begins. What are you for them, these final two preseason games, what are you tuning in for? Are there any other very specific things, maybe more broad team things that you're tuning in for to see and, and maybe wish list items that you have for this Kings team throughout the remainder of this, uh, this preseason? Well, it's defense. A lot of it has to do with defense. A lot of it has to do with, um, seeing Davion Mitchell look like he belongs so far so good in that category uh you want to see Buddy Heald look right uh, I think last night could have been a little bit of a departure uh, but for the most part I'm not really worried about Buddy he's gonna uh they've kind of taken some pressure off of him uh we don't have to see him try to be a playmaker this year so uh I, I'm, I'm curious to see what that looks like but I think a lot of it still goes back to Marvin Bagley um because you really need you know this is a this is a crucial year for him uh, he's still on your team. You need to know what you have. And so, you know, keeping him healthy, I think, is a, is obviously a big part of it. But you've seen – we've talked about it for the better part of, you know, the, the years he's been here. And I sound like a broken record, but this team is at its best when Marvin Bagley's healthy. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what that looks like. See, uh, so far in those these, fir- these first two games, he looks like the player that closed out last season when he came back from that injury. Uh, especially in that Laker game where he was fantastic. So uh, those are some things I'm looking at. Uh, but yeah, as long as Davion's healthy, um, clearly, you know what you're going to get with Fox. I'm not worried with him. Um, but I do, I, I do want to see some of these, these, these different rotations and, you know, consistency is the key. And I think it all starts with the defensive end. You know, this team is going to be a good scoring team. I'm not really worried about that. I think Terrence Davis gives them a really big boost there. Uh, on both the offensive and defensive ends. So they're a longer team. I think that's definitely going to help in the defensive category. But like we talked about, Matt, there's, there was only room to improve. You couldn't get any worse, right? I mean, you guess you could, but you couldn't fall any farther. So um, this, is, this is progress. So don't take too much out of the preseason. You're playing up against a lot of guys that you ordinarily don't scout for. So, um, and, and then, you know, I think the only thing – I am going back to Fox for a minute because – I think there is one thing I am looking for him and we know what he brings to the table, but oftentimes, and Buddy talked about it for the past two years is like Fox plays better when he's pissed off. He has a, he has a flip uh, switch that he definitely flips and he needs to keep that switch flipped at all times. So um, I am, I am seeing to see, I, I am looking at him to see if he can keep his foot on the gas and not, you know, wane off as he did last year after around the all-star break. Uh, he was fantastic in the uh, going into the All Star break. Coming out of that, kind of let the foot off the pedal a little bit. 
Uh, and then maybe pace of play. You know, I still think this team is capable of playing faster than it does. Um, I think they have a big advantage when they do that, especially playing on the West Coast where a lot of these teams are playing later in the evening. Maybe they're coming off a back-to-back. Maybe that back-to-back was in a higher altitude. So you have to, when you're at home, you just have to capitalize off pace. And I think um, taking advantage of that is going to be a big thing. This team doesn't necessarily play with the pace that I think they should. And I am kind of looking at that going forward. That's Sean Cunningham. He's a king of media multitasking. He can uh, do an interview with a microphone in one hand and the camera on his shoulder, and he can uh, come here on the Locked on Kings podcast while in the car on the way to the Bay Area. Sean, thank you as always for uh, coming on. We'll do it again very, very soon, my friend. Of course, uh, check out all the great content that Sean provides, along with Kevin John, of course, on ABC 10. Uh, and Sean, uh, just make sure you, you shoot me a couple of texts. Just let me know what it's like to, to cover a playoff team while you're there covering the Giants. Okay, I'll, I'll live vicariously through you a little bit. See, I wasn't going to torture you. I know you don't have any love for the for the orange and black, so I didn't want to send anything that way. And now that they're playing the Dodgers, I know that's the one thing Ace fans and Giants fans can sit there and, mm-hmm. and, and come together and have a meal over is their hatred for the Dodgers. So, yeah, I wasn't going to do that, but since you asked, Matt, yeah, I'll, I'll inundate you. I tell you what, I have a lot more love for the orange and black when they're playing the uh, the, the blue and white down there in Los Angeles. Well, really any team from from Southern California. So there, it's, it's jealousy, but it's out of a, a, a good place. I, I promise you that, Sean. Outstanding. I love it. Huge thank you to Sean Cunningham joining me while on the road there to the Bay Area. Don't worry, he wasn't driving. He was in the passenger seat. Kevin John, also from ABC 10 in the sports department, he was driving. Kevin is fantastic. I have to get Kevin here on the Lockdown Kings podcast in the near future. I, I probably will do that. Sean's just mean to him. Sean's mean to everybody, but Sean's also an amazing guy too. It's it's his, it's his love language. Uh, if Sean is being mean to you at any point, that means he he likes you and appreciates you. Or at least that's what I tell myself uh, to, to stop the tears. Um, always a pleasure to have Sean Cunningham on. On his insight with the Sacramento Kings is second to none. Uh, very interesting things that he had to say there. Of course, he continues to talk about the importance of Marvin Bagley, and he's absolutely right. If Marvin Bagley is playing, the Kings have their best chance to be successful. The Kings can be, or actually I would say this, the Kings will be at their best if they can figure out how to incorporate Marvin Bagley and if Marvin can figure out how to stay on the floor. So that's a big question mark for the remainder of this preseason. I felt in these first two preseason games, he's played fine to good. He hasn't blown me away with anything, but he also hasn't looked absolutely terrible and unplayable. I still don't know how comfortable I am with him uh, being a starter like Sean and I discussed there, Um, but I don't know. How do you feel about Marvin Bagley being in the starting lineup? What kind of role would you use for Marvin Bagley? Your thoughts on uh, Davion Mitchell. Has he already worked himself into potentially a starter conversation? Or do you like the energy that he provides defensively coming off the bench? What about the amount of threes that Buddy Heald has been shooting up? Uh, You know, we're going to talk more about Buddy Heald as I'm going to be joined by the Sacramento Bees' Jason Anderson. Jason has a good relationship uh, with Buddy and has provided a lot of coverage of Buddy over the last couple of seasons. So we're going to talk about Buddy Heald uh, and his future with the Sacramento Kings, plus a whole lot more with the Sacramento Bees, Jason Anderson, on the next episode of Locked On Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.